0: welcome to episode 80 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? To kick things off this week, we need to say thank you to our newest Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank... Kaylin,
1: Jared Ramirez
0: Sally Dawkins
1: Chantel Helberg
0: Jenna Stanton
1: Janelle LePier- LaPierre
0: Amy Slavin
1: Rhiannon Cole
0: Josie Taylor
1: Sean Lewis
0: Adelina Martin
1: Amy and James
0: Harley Penner,
1: Rebecca Goodacre,
0: Catherine Lee,
1: Stacy Dewis,
0: Zena Yallop, Will Denham, Emma Martin,
1: Jess Graziano.
0: Slanty, <laughs>
1: and Holly O'Reilly.
0: Well done. That wasn't too bad today.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I italicised your name. I'm sorry. I just could. I like. I like the the way you say Gratzi. Is that is that offensive? I don't even know. No, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry if it is.
0: And we also need to thank our key workers this week.
1: Yeah, so we've been saying thank you to all you guys that are doing some really good um work for us at the moment in this very confusing and difficult time. Um so we've got a few shout-outs. We our first shout-out is to Amy from Tucson in Arizona, Arizona. I get the complicated one wrong. Yeah. Right, rather. In Tucson, Arizona. Um, who is a Starbucks employee who is looking after her niece full time while her sister works in a COVID-19 ward from Laura. So well done, um, Amy. And also a massive shout out to Gemma, who is a doctor. And that's from her son, James.
0: That is amazing. And we always that I really liked those ones. Because we, we, in the news, it's like the healthcare workers are on the front line. But actually, there's lots of other people who are allowing that to happen. Like people like Amy, who are yeah. who have taken in her niece so that her sister can work full time as a healthcare worker, which yeah. is incredible.
1: That is astounding. So well done, guys.
0: We've got um, a, a series of promos coming up over the next couple of weeks. I thought you meant
1: now. Like, here's uh, 20 promos. Here's all the promos. <laughs> That's the whole episode. And our
0: first promo this week is... A friend of mine. So, my friend Callum has set up a YouTube channel called Growing with Dad. And that YouTube channel is all about easy ways to work in your garden. So how to plant potatoes, how to plant sunflowers, how to make bug hotels, things that you can do with small children. So he's a young dad, he's got two little girls and his passion is gardening, but he also wanted a way to get his daughters involved in the garden too. So he has two videos up at the moment and it's really good. If you're like me, I haven't a clue about gardening. so it's really simple ways that you can make the most of your garden especially if you have a small garden or you live in the city and you have a small garden in the city so i'm going to leave the link to his youtube channel in the description for this episode and i would love for you to go and check his channel out so our film review this week our film review is dark skies dark skies was released in 2013 it has 6.3 out of 10 on imdb and 41 percent on rotten tomatoes would you like a synopsis
1: i would love one thank you
0: as the barrett family's peaceful suburban life is rocked by an escalating series of disturbing events they come to learn that a terrifying and deadly force is after them one which may have arrived from beyond the stars
1: That's a very dramatic synopsis. I I quite like
0: it. It's a very very deep synopsis, Mm. isn't it? So what were your thoughts on this film?
1: I think that this is going to be the third week on the trot where I say this. Yeah, I'm just going to say I didn't mind it. It
0: was okay. Do you know what? I actually... No, It
1: was decent enough. The acting was okay. The story was good. I liked it as a story. Um, It was a bit more of a sort of personal... Alien story, rather than a, the whole world is under attack from aliens, it and it of, was
0: quite different. It was quite different. the way it was framed yeah. and set up was quite different to the the usual alien tropes that we see in films. Yeah. It, it was it was quite unique, I think.
1: Yeah, um, we did we didn't see the aliens that often, which didn't ruin it. So as we always say, you know, showing us the horror often makes it less scary. Um, it was
0: kind of a good thing too, though, because when you did see them, they were yeah, just spindly a looking weak. fuckers. Yeah. yeah, bit shit.
1: Um, that's potentially what they look like, though. So just be careful who are we to judge yeah uh, Tom Delong was right Um, (laughs) the only thing i really detested about this film was the dad who was a complete douchebag
0: what an absolute dickhead of a character I mean I'm sure the actor is a very nice man oh yeah but dear lord (laughs) he was such a horrible man I hated him so much
1: the character was just written to make him like a complete douche and there was no redeeming him at any point even when eventually you know
0: climaxes
1: yeah (laughs) And and he's potentially making right moves. He's still, he's the damage has been done. He's just, he's just a douchebag.
0: He's not a very nice man at all, actually. But I, I found there was elements of this film that were quite shocking in the way they portrayed alien encounters. And mm. I, and I don't mean shocking as in like um, inappropriate or yeah, offensive. Yeah. I mean like it made me jump quite regularly, but in a completely different way. Mm. Um, so there's there's bits of like almost like possession in yeah. it that are really quite shocking mm. Um, there's animal behavior that's really quite shocking like it is an in really interesting take on an alien film and what I realized was that I had actually seen this film
1: yes so did. lots of people <laughs> have
0: messaged me about this film and then I realized within the first maybe 10 minutes I was like oh yeah I've seen this I know this film so it's not, it wasn't new to me. And I remember the first time I saw it, really enjoying it. So it was a bit different because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I knew what the narrative was and I knew how it was going to end. But actually I remember the first time I watched it, really quite enjoying it. Yeah. Enjoying and it as in like, I found it very frightening.
1: And I hadn't seen it and I thought it was good. I thought there was, um, the character that they went to for advice about alien, um,
0: Abductions, abductions. and stuff. Yeah, alien He was, he was a good
1: little character, a good little side character and the twist was nice
0: yeah i thought so too
1: and that's all i'm gonna say because uh, you know for want of if,
0: i mean if you're looking for an alien film this is not a bad one to watch
1: no I but really it's also didn't think not so. if you're looking for something that's an alien film in the in the vein of independence day where it's full-on mass alien invasion this no isn't not gonna happen get. no it's more like signs i guess
0: yeah it's 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 like a new take on the signs idea mm. i guess But science is also alien invasion. It affects the whole world. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Whereas this is about just individual families and how they cope Mm. with weird things happening in their lives. Uh, I'd have to say, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there were certain actions of the aliens that just didn't really make any sense to me. You know, there were things that they did that I just felt like, God, that seems like a lot of effort to go to just to annoy a family.
1: But maybe they're just annoying. I mean, maybe they are.
0: Maybe they are. And I also think there was definitely at least one of the children in that household that I would be happy if they were abducted. So I'm just going to put that out there too.
1: Let's flip this a little bit. Go on. If you are the alien, if me and you are the aliens on the planet, knowing full well that it's going to be very hard for us to get caught, we're going to be messing around with people. Very true. (laughs) Just for the
0: laugh. I mean, I I presume that aliens have a wicked sense of humor. That's only a guess. I reckon. I, I mean, I don't know.
1: So what would you score this?
0: Oh i don't actually know i i I feel like three and a half that's
1: a strong four for me
0: do you think mm. maybe i'm gonna go four then i don't know
1: i liked i did like it I enjoyed it as a film. I don't find alien films particularly scary
0: no and nor oh, i mean I really do find them scary, mm. but this was the type of film where it's very cleverly scary.
1: yeah it felt like a sort of almost like a a drama.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, I'm gonna, do you know, fuck it, fuck it. We're gonna do it, I'm gonna go for four as well. Okay, nice. Going for four. So Team four. Th- so two fours, four dark skies.
1: Two fours, for...
0: <laughs> four. Four, four, far four. too many fours. <laughs> so before we start this week's episode, I need to caveat it with something. We have very special guests on on this week's episode, yes, as we you'll do. see from the title. Now, I very stubbornly decided to use this audio program rather than do something rather than record this episode the complicated way it's very difficult to record from two different locations in America and in the uk but we somehow managed it so the audio is not as clear and good as it ordinarily is it's not bad it's not offensive to your ears don't worry but I'm just giving you the heads up that the audio might not be as good as it ordinarily is and I was very desperate to make sure that the guests on this week' episode got the airtime they deserved so this episode is a little bit of fun it's a little bit of silliness and ridiculousness and i hope you enjoy it
2: even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more
0: So last week we covered Jeff the mongoose, which was pretty mad.
1: I mean, that was an intense story. Yeah, it was It was Very one of the intense.
0: maddest stories we've covered in a long time. Mm. And this week our story is so crazy that we needed to uh, draft in two scientists to help us. Okay, that's good. I mean, I like a, a bit of scientific reasoning. So so we are joined today by Jake and Wyatt from Super Duper Stitious. Hello. Hello. Hello,
3: hello. Let me just finish all of my lab work <laughs> and I'll sit down to this microphone again.
0: So because we're, you know, 80 episodes in, which is mad, and uh, Jake and Wyatt have been been very valiantly trying to organize for us to do episodes together for a very long time and quickly discovered that I'm useless and (laughs) incredibly, incredibly
1: disorganized. I mean, you say you're useless, but if it was down to me, we would be on episode two. (laughs) So...
0: (laughs) Jake and Why, can you tell us a little bit about Super Duperstitious, what you guys do, and why you are the scientists of the paranormal that are here to help us today? Wyatt, take it away.
3: My oh my. Well, Super Duperstitious, we talk about... So first off, Jake and I, we have backgrounds in science, as has already been established, and PhDs in friendship. And we use both of those things to tackle stories of the strange, be it cryptids, Uh, paranormal events, extraterrestrial happenings, what have you. We try to approach from a skeptical angle, but not crush the story or, you know, rain on anyone's parade, as we like to say, about having had these strange experiences. You know, we like to take people's stories at face value, poke some fun, but also, you know, sort of tease apart what maybe actually was going on there that made them have this experience. You know, I think it's very possible to have, let's say, a haunted mind, even if there wasn't necessarily ghost in your house. But there are occasionally cases where it truly does push the uh, boundaries of what we're able to explain through, let's say, testable uh, data. Mm-hmm. But that isn't to give you the impression that the show is all about the numbers. We definitely have fun with it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of a quick summary. Jake, tell me if I did good or not. You did fine (laughs) Uh, yes
2: (laughs) so we are both biologists um by trade well we don't actually trade in it
3: by by we We are biologists and um, we make we make very little on this trade but
2: (laughs) yeah, yeah for sure our kind of entry point into all this was cryptozoology the idea of oh well we know about how life works on earth and let's uh let's kind of apply that to these weird monster things but then the scientific method itself can be applied to a lot more. So we kind of try and expand our perspective onto other weird mysteries and, and just give our take on that when we can. You'll find funny stuff, uh, spooky stuff, and uh, hopefully you'll learn stuff too if you check us out.
0: Now the well, problem is that I don't actually know if you're prepared for today's episode. So
1: And also the fact that I've disproved science or proved science
0: Many times. Many
1: times on this show. So I might be more scientifically minded than both of you.
0: Well, you're about to experience it firsthand. Why? Brace yourself. I I believe it's
3: called Schrodinger's Proof, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I discovered this story on another podcast a good couple of months ago. And then. It, I mean, it was a wild ride, and I listened to five hours of coast to coast FM in order to prepare for this episode. so i'm I'm just waiting to assume that everybody in America listens to Coast to coast or a m. is that is that fair to say?
2: I had not uh, heard of Coast to coast a m until we started our podcast, so I don't know who's listening to it, but it's a lot of people, apparently.
3: <laughs> and I've only ever listened to it with Space Ghost as the host.
2: That's right. <laughs> Which, do you mind my asking which podcast you heard
3: it on?
0: I think I heard it on potentially Brohio podcast, but I don't really remember. I just remember the story being outrageous. And it
1: consumes an ungodly amount of podcasts like more than i could ever comprehend how she listens to so many so it could be anything
0: but the big thing was um (laughs) the five hours of coast to coast fm or am rather i keep saying fm coast to coast am
2: talk shows are am because the lower frequency wavelengths are better for human voice fm is higher frequency so you get better stuff for instruments
0: out of here this is literally why i got you guys on my mind is already blown so are you guys ready to hear a story
3: Oh, yeah. I will need a little bit of time. Okay, now I'm ready.
0: (laughs) I'm going to pause halfway through so that you can ask any questions that you may have or make any suggestions or comments. I mean, you can interrupt either, whatever you want to do.
3: (laughs) If we have burps or stupid things to say, is that okay?
0: Yes, but you need to raise your hand first.
3: But
2: you can't see us. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) She got us, Wyatt. She's crafty.
0: Are you ready?
1: I'm never ready. Yes.
0: On February the 21st, 1997, Art Bell received a phone call on his radio show, Coast to Coast AM, from a man who called himself Mel Waters.
2: Why, do you hear that music?
0: <laughs> I thought that was something she just did not post.
3: <laughs> that is so effing weird. I've listened a number of times. I always thought it was just added in. <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> Carry on.
0: Waters was calling Coast to Coast AM because he needed to tell someone who would listen about the strange goings-on on his land, a rural property in Kittitas County in Washington near Manistash Ridge. What followed was over five hours of phone interviews over many years that seemed to suggest that our world was not as it seems, that our reality was not as linear and understood as we once assumed. The story that Mel told not only defied the laws of physics, but called into question the very nature of life and death as we know it. And what follows is a condensed version of his bizarre tale. There is a knowledge among first people, a way of knowing the land that allows them to understand the earth in a way that is unique and ancient. The native people had known of the whole for many generations and believed the land to be cursed.
3: Not interrupt. <laughs>
0: Yes, interrupt.
3: Okay, I just want to be sure.
0: Carry on. <laughs> 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 this is going to be a long story. I
1: think we should have on buzzes, you know? Like little sound effects. When want to talk.
3: <laughs> My Maybe. hand was raised since you started talking, but you did not see it. <laughs> I'll make a sound effect when I want to buzz in. <laughs>
0: Does that work? They observed that animals refused to enter the area surrounding the hole and when they threw items into the yawning void, no sound ever echoed back to signify the bottom. The hole is apparently nine feet across and has a strange addition of hand-placed bricks that line the hole to a depth of approximately 15 feet. Locals would use the hole as a trash disposal unit and dispose of whatever they needed to get rid of by lobbing it into the dark abyss. Waters thought that he had hit the jackpot. A hole where you can dispose of all your garbage. Not good for the environment, but brilliant for his finances. As Waters and his neighbours threw increasingly larger items down the hole, he began to realise that there was no evidence of the (laughs) hole... of the hole filling up but also no evidence that the items were ever even reaching the bottom yes dan he has an interruption so i what so this guy has a hole in
1: the ground and his first thought is excellent i can make some money by letting my neighbors throw garbage into it finally
3: i can use this wow jake clearly he never threw your mama down that hole because that would have plugged that thing up immediately you know what i'm saying schoolyard punch thrown We'll talk after the show.
0: Would you like some knowledge of some items that he threw down into the hole? Please. Yes. He threw down a refrigerator. He threw down old televisions.
3: Are we talking he... widescreen or...
0: I mean, it doesn't matter. It's CR it's... TVs. He threw down uh, dead animals. Cows, in particular.
2: I want to mention that I'm picturing him holding all these things over his head and throwing them in... <laughs> With your hands and say, down into the hole.
1: <laughs> I'm also thinking that Mel might be a 16 year old boy because this sounds <laughs> like a, a a young man's yeah, sort of kind so of game. <laughs> that is very true.
0: Waters Go needed on. to find out exactly what was going on with this hole. In 1996, he decided to concoct an experiment to determine once and for all exactly how deep this hole was, and how much longer he could continue to use it as a free rubbish tip. He attached a one pound weight to a length of fishing line. He had been a semi-professional shark fisherman, so had an abundance lying around, and lowered it into the hole, determined to solve the mystery. Spool after spool of fishing line was lowered into the hole until Waters estimated that the hole was a physics-defying and mind-bending 80,000 feet But Waters' observations about the hole didn't end there. He would shout down the hole and receive no echo back. He would bring radios to the hole and they would pick up strange voices and mysterious music that was old-fashioned and unexplained.
1: How much fishing wire do you need to measure 80,000 feet? All of it.
3: They've actually only ever made 65,000 feet of fishing wire. (laughs) So it's just not, I mean, you would need 24 kilometers, basically, worth. <laughs> 24 kilometers, which is about as much as is on my fishing rod. So maybe he only had to use one. Huh.
0: The thing is, right, when I, I mean, I have no perception of distance or space or time, really. Um, and I, even when Elaborated. I read this, I was like, you know what? 80,000 feet sounds like a bit of an exaggeration.
1: I just don't see how you can how he can accurately measure that. This is and that's my problem with it.
0: Cuz you'd but have what, to have like
1: 81 well you wouldn't have to have 81. Well, we would have to have like a fair amount. But of what fish he while, did he?
0: was he had lots of different spools and each spool had a certain amount of fishing line on it. And he just tied them And he tied hole. them all together.
1: Okay, fair enough. I mean it's
3: not impossibly deep. It's 15 miles deep. It's crazy deep, but it's not impossible. It's not like he like put a Weight through the Earth entirely, or anything.
2: <laughs> no, but I want to point out that, say, like the Marianas Trench or the Challenger Deep, I should say, in the Marianas Trench is seven miles below the surface of the ocean. As far as deep points in the Earth's crust that we're aware of, that is a
1: lot more. Yeah, it's almost twice. It is much twice. It's good maths. Almost twice. It is twice. It's over twice. <laughs> This also proves that this guy's clearly not a child, because if he was a 16 year old boy, his first thought would be to get his friend and lower him into the world to see how deep it goes. No, that <laughs> so hilarious. the fact that he's used it's fishing wire proves that he's a bit older than what I thought.
0: The native people had long said that the hold had the ability to bring creatures back from the dead. While this may seem like a phenomenon worth celebrating, the joy of bringing back pets or even loved ones from the dead would be tempting to anyone. But according to the native people, it comes from a curse on the land and is not to be meddled with by humankind.
2: There's a cemetery in my home state of Maine I could refer you to that tells you, yeah, you shouldn't do that.
0: Waters relayed a story of a hunter on his land. The hunter had a dog that was his faithful companion on hunting trips. Unfortunately, On a hunting trip in the secluded land around the hole, his faithful companion became ill and died. The hunter decided to throw the body down into the hole, an easy way to dispose of it without having to carry it for the remainder of the hunting trip. The next day, the hunter was hiking on the edge of a woods when a dog emerged. As the horror dawned upon him, he realised that it was his dog, alive and well, complete with collar and name tag. I was worried that
2: the story was going to end with the dog shooting back up out of the hole, but alive. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like being spat out because the hole had finally had enough. (laughs) After the interview with Art Bell went public, things changed for Waters. He was plagued by what seemed to be official personnel from the government. In one instance, Waters was heading to the hole to conduct some more experiments, although he doesn't specify what these experiments were. He was stopped by a man in a black suit who informed Waters that a plane had crashed in the area and that the site was closed off for forensic examination. He received a frantic call from a neighbor one night who told him that a beam of solid black had erupted from the hole. Walter yeah. watched as the area was suddenly inhabited by people in hazmat suits and he was not allowed onto the land under any circumstances. Ooh. He continued to try and enter the area and after months of intimidation and threats, he ultimately claimed to have been given a monthly sum of $250,000 to lease the land to the government on the what? proviso that he also moved to Australia.
1: What? 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 The government gave him money and then told him to move to another continent.
0: He was—he had talked about previously to Art Bell. He had said that he had always wanted to move to Australia. So this was like the second phone call, I think. And then the government offered him a quarter of a million a month to move to a Australia. Month? Yeah, a month. A month. That That's is... oh, yeah, a month. I
2: totally missed the month part. Oh my yeah, god! Man, I was I talking about being a jerk about it. That I didn't.
3: <laughs> wow. Why did they? Um, why did they move him to Australia?
0: That was his choice. Apparently, he had said they were. He was being threatened. Oh, they
3: weren't like. They weren't like. We'll give you. <laughs> A huge chunk of a million dollars, but you have to live in Australia now.
0: <laughs> they he, apparently, according to the interview, like, he, Australia. he had always wanted to move to Australia and then agreed that he would go to Australia, take the money. And then the government like literally put him on a plane. He flew to Australia. And when he got there, everything was sorted out for him, like his visa, oh, like all yeah. of his official stuff. And uh, he had a whale of a time, apparently in Australia.
1: So they weren't moving oh, to Australia to see if he could find the other side of the hole. No. Did <laughs> okay. he
3: have fun with all that money in Australia? Did do you he want have a good time?
0: Do you want to know, you know what he did time? with all that money he, in Australia? He
3: do? Did he gamble it away and go insane? He dug a hole.
0: <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, he didn't, but I mean this gets better.
3: Oh my god. Carry on.
0: Waters moved to Australia. Is a mysterious hole really worth giving up quarter of a million monthly allowance and a new life in Australia? Probably not to most people. He set about rescuing wombats and creating holistic medicine using native plants in Australia. But But the yearning to return to his homeland was too much and he returned to the US apparently to help his nephew move house. On his return to the US, Waters was quickly apprehended by the police on a bus to Washington. He woke up two weeks later in San Francisco, covered in bruises, missing some teeth and with needle marks on his arms he had no recollection of what had happened to him Waters eventually made it back home but was accosted to such a degree by the men in black that he felt as though he was under constant surveillance it is probably worth noting at this point that Waters was now left with nothing every single penny of his healthy allowance had been removed from his bank account he believed it was the government's way of punishing him for continuing to speak up about the strange phenomena that was occurring around this place so this is where we're going to pause okay jake and wyatt what are your thoughts so far
3: this happened <laughs> wow i mean so far do you want do you want to want me brutal, brutal honest truth yes sounds like a really fun urban legend who who in the effing world sorry to use such harsh letters you know you can you know you can swear
0: on this podcast
3: are you effing kidding me (laughs) no but who who honestly would give up that much money to come back unless there was some crazy thing going on they were hypnotized or i don't know it just seems wild to me but or perhaps and i'm gonna throw this out there maybe
2: they were making all of it up just just snowballing here I, i possibility that he could have just called into a radio show and with no evidence other than his own voice
1: told all this stuff
0: so dan that what do you think could not I,
1: i've got a theory for you guys um so what if the actual reason that he gave up this money and moved back to the hole was he was making more money from his rubbish disposal business <laughs> than he was from the government
3: <laughs> that's a good point i mean yeah. if
1: he's if they're doing like a legal dumping of nuclear waste down the hole he's probably making a fair fair packet i'd say that is an
3: extremely good point. Yes. And I guess a uh, depth of 80,000 feet or like 24 kilometers down, you got a lot of, you got at least 10, maybe 20 years worth of continuous trash dumping if you really want it.
1: And it probably explains the dog coming back to life. Because if it's full of nuclear waste, there's probably some comic book thing, isn't it? The corpse goes, hits the nuclear waste, turns, comes back to life. I'm sure that's how science about- works, right?
3: Yes, oh, we can confirm that. I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm kind of like, I'm kind of embarrassed for you that you even had to say it out loud. (laughs) I mean, similarly, black beam of light or whatever we want to call it, shooting up out of the hole or out of any kind of hole in the ground. Very typical of holes in the ground. (laughs) And we've all seen it.
0: You might think that this would be the end of the story, right? That Mel Waters and his story would fade into obscurity, and this story would be a side conversations among paranormal enthusiasts. But this isn't the case. Because, you see, Waters again contacted Art Bell, and this time he had found another, even more mysterious hole in the badlands of Nevada.
3: (laughs) It's a good setup for a joke if you want it. Go on. (laughs)
0: this time without government intrusion waters requested the help of the local native population to conduct experiments on this second hole here we go experiments that were far more in-depth and scientific than the last unlike the first hole this hole had a metal rim.
1: oh god a second base right
3: (laughs) (laughs) you're unlucky i'm sorry to say the metal rim, never a good sign. <laughs> oh.
0: The first thing that was immediately obvious was that this hole also seemed to possess no bottom.
3: <laughs> Goodness <laughs> gracious oh. me. I tried Chaos? so hard. Ah, <laughs> oh. Oh, boy, oh boy.
0: The next experiment was much more creative. The <gasps> native people and waters, decided to stretch the hole's abilities and lower a bucket of ice on a rope and lowered it slowly down into the hole. In order to see if the temperature varied drastically in the hole, the group put a control bucket of ice outside the hole, hoping to see if the ice would melt any quicker or slower inside the hole.
3: Now this is what we call science. (laughs) (laughs) Because as we
2: know, this was well before the advent of thermometers (laughs) 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 or any other way of recording temperature
0: (laughs) I am actually struggling to read this this is so ridiculous carry on it was a straightforward experiment which yielded thoroughly unexpected results the group slowly pulled the ice back up after lowering it to around 1500 feet the ice hadn't melted but somehow it was warm to the touch not only this but the ice somehow seemed to have changed its makeup to have become some sort of heat source. So powerful was this heat source that one of the group reportedly took it home and used it to heat his home by keeping it in the stove. Oh my God. All
3: right. You may be laughing, but this could be some of the best te- technological advancement I've ever heard of.
2: I know we were saying that it was maybe made up or an urban legend, but I realized now I was speaking too
3: soon. Jake and I have discussed fire ice on our show basically every episode. (laughs) (laughs) To find out now that it's real is just blowing my mind.
0: The ice never needed to be reheated or changed. It simply Uh sat and burned eternally. The problem was that the ice seemed to grow steadily in weight and the stove began to sink into the ground and ultimately the man had to get rid of it. It didn't just
1: open up a third (laughs) hole.
0: Maybe that's how the holes are created in the first place. The holes are created by
3: infecting ice with heat, sinking, growing disease.
0: We do have one more experiment. Now, I'm I'm going to ask (laughs) you all of you, regardless of how shocked and horrified you are by this experiment, to hold your comments until the end of it because it's very serious scientific stuff.
3: Right, I'm sorry for the Go on.
0: Now this is serious, okay? Sorry. The group moved on to a further experiment and this time decided that they needed to use a live subject. Oh. The group attempted to lower a sheep down into the hole, but they could oh, not probably. even get the creature close to the hole as it would buck and squeal. Eventually they put the sheep into a crate and lowered it slowly down into the hole. The animal kicked, screamed and tried to force its way out of the crate until eventually it went silent. The group waited. The metal ring around the hole began to vibrate and hum violently. The group fled in panic, eventually returning to retrieve the sheep. It was found to have been gruesomely cooked on the inside by some unknown force. In addition, an anomalous tumour was purportedly found on the sheep, which seemed to be moving. They decided the only thing to do was to cut the tumour open and free the wriggling mass within. As soon as the tumour had been cut open, something quite horrifying was regurgitated forth from the sheep's carcass, which was described as looking like a fetal seal which stared at them for some time with intelligent <laughs> human-like eyes before uh-huh. jumping into the murky depths of the hole. Waters and company, shocked and disgusted by what they had seen, wasted no time in tossing the dead sheep in after it to sail down through that bottomless abyss. To make this all the more surreal, Waters would credit the creature with curing a cancer he had had and even claimed that it would regularly visit the local sheepherders after that, who described it as being a benevolent presence.
3: The Af- seal? The seal creature?
0: Yes, the, the seal creature. How did it ever get back up out of there? Magic. It's a magic sheep seal. With its wings.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I wanted to point out that this is very obviously something that happened because we know that sheep normally, when lowered into any normal hole in the ground, are totally chill about it. So yes. The fact that the sheep was really freaking out about it is a sign that this is a special hole. As for the uh, weird seal tumor, um, I think that helps kind of confirm the idea of the hole curing his cancer because there's a tumor connection there. If, if the hole can affect tumors, seal wise or otherwise,
1: they can probably cure cancer. So, is this hole some kind of like creature? that needs live specimens lowered into it to breed with, to therefore give birth to its seal-like offspring that can fly.
0: Well, that was horrific.
1: (laughs) I mean, that sounds like what happened.
0: In a word. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: We've got one more paragraph to go. There were also various brightly coloured birds seen loitering around the hole that were supposedly impervious to bullets.
2: Oh, I I do want to just stop a I can say there are so many claims about these holes that raise so many more questions than they answer. Yes.
3: I will ask, did he sound... And this happens sometimes when I've heard people telling stories on radio, on podcasts, other things. Did he sound drunk?
0: <laughs> that in the first phone call, no. But... <laughs> As as the phone calls, uh, so by phone call, like maybe four or five, he was sounding considerably worse for wear. Let me tell you nothing about the hole.
3: Let me tell you nothing.
0: Uh, He even was self-referential at one point where he says, "Um, I know I'm not as articulate as I was the last time, but I'm just oh really shocked." Oh boy, yeah.
3: It may be the effects of prolonged exposure to the hole itself.
0: Yeah, you see that. That's actually a very good point. <laughs>
3: whole, whole exposure is a real problem. Whole honestly. exposure. <laughs> Holistic effects, if you will.
0: Oh, Okay, so last bit that we need to get through. This whole tale is about as strange and bizarre ah. as it could possibly really be. If you
1: wanted to do that. You beat me to it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and roll credits. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's definitely the end. Carry on.
0: Waters has not given a public interview since 2002, but in 2008, a man calling himself Red Elk came forward claiming to have seen the hole and to be able to verify its mysterious powers. So, Red Elk seen those holes. Yeah. Okay. Red Elk, whose real name was Gerald Orr Osborne and who claimed he was a tribal medicine man, led oh, right. an expedition to demonstrate the hole's ability. But he was unable to find the hole at that time. He also claimed that the hole was an entrance to a secret UFO base on Earth, and that he had seen a UFO hovering above the hole. Many have come forward to lend validity to the claims of both holes, <laughs> but no, oh. <laughs> but no oh definitive location has ever been given. If you were to meet Mel Waters right now, you you can ask him three questions. What are your three questions going to be?
3: (laughs) Are you okay? Do you need
1: help? Where do you live right now?
3: (laughs) Do you have a home?
1: (laughs) Mine would be, where is the hole? Where is the hole? Where is the hole? Damn it. That's what I'd be. Nice. (laughs) Tell me where the hole is.
2: (laughs) I mean, I feel like something along the lines of, wait, what? (laughs) And then probably just repeat that two more times. (laughs) Huh.
0: Now, the really interesting thing about this is like, the, you know, obviously there was five hours of of radio interview with this man and it's still accessible. Like it's going to be in the, the description notes of this episode. If you have five hours to spare, don't bother. It's literally this story, just matter. Somebody's written a book about this. There's people who have spent many, many years searching this. There was an original Google Maps that was kind of like Terra maps or something. And nice. it was claimed that Mel's hole had been like obliterated from the map. And I need to stop saying Mel's hole.
1: It was, it was terror cards. Oh, I, Mel's hole. I need to ask a very serious question. So you said that lots of uh, lots of books have been written about this. Yeah. Um, is there some erotic fantasy about Mel's hole that's been written?
0: Oh my God. I really hope there has been. Surely
2: there has to be. And if there's not, there is a gap that can be filled. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there it is. There it is.
0: So, Jake and Wyatt, um, we yes. need to make a decision about whether or not Mel's hole exists, uh, whether or not Mel's hole is full of refrigerators, sofas, general <laughs> rubbish, whether or not Mel's hole can emit a black beam, and whether or not Mel has a second hole where <laughs> fetal seals are born through sheep.
1: I've got three theories to offer you. The first one is the the 16-year-old child theory that Mel is actually 16 years old, because there's plenty of evidence. That I've already gone through in that uh, I mean, he um, is behaving like a child. He is clearly shooting anything he sees. He is throwing stuff down a hole, um, which is, which is a, a child trait. So the, the first one is he's 16 years old. And actually, this is just a, a story of a child that has got way, way, way out of hand. You know, when when little kids tell stories and they add details, it's, it's one of those. The second theory that I've got is that it is just a, what are they called? Those holes that open up in the ground, sinkhole. And Mm -hmm. it's just very deep and it's full of trash Mm -hmm. and there's nothing interesting about it. And the third one is that it is indeed a living entity that moves location depending on what it needs to feed on. So Mel was able to keep it open because actually its main food source is refrigerators. So it stayed there for a long time. But when Mel went to Australia, it had to change location because nobody was throwing refrigerators in there anymore. I'm going to say one of those
3: theories is ridiculous and it's the first two of them.
2: Emma, you heard Mel on the radio show. Does his voice sound teenage?
0: No, I can absolutely verify that this man sounds like a man who has spent the last 40 years smoking cigarettes and probably (laughs) drinking quite a lot of whiskey. Okay. Uh, He did also refer to his age quite regularly, referred to himself as I think was 67 in his last phone call.
2: Okay. Hmm. So I want to add an addendum to Dan's first theory, which is that while this was not a 16-year-old kid, he was... A bored American guy. And what <laughs> yeah. difference is there really?
0: So are you two telling me that you don't think this story is real?
3: No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm
2: just not only
0: do it. I think
3: it's real, I think it's the only story that's ever been told. <laughs> and it is true. It is. It's obviously 100% real. Because when, again,
2: speaking as scientists... The evidence that that holds up best to scrutiny is a phone call to a radio station from a stranger. Because when a person just says stuff, you have to believe
3: them. You also know that stories get truer the more details that are added to them. They've said that you can tell when someone is telling the truth when they continue to exaggerate more and more details and the story goes longer and longer. And uh, basically just riffs on itself to replicate themes that have already been established. That's basically the mark of truth, as in two <laughs> holes, sheep giving birth to an alien that is actually benevolent.
0: So gentlemen, you have been invaluable in today's episode, and I feel like we've achieved something wonderful and in giving validation to Mel's hole. So <laughs>
2: I always want. If nothing else could be achieved through our pad- podcast or yours, I was hoping it would be to validate Mel's hole.
0: And we did it. We we, we achieved got there, it. Guys. So, what would you guys like to plug before?
2: <laughs> I
0: oh. plug episode sixty-five: wow. Super Duper Stitches. What a question!
2: <laughs> in which we cover a different mysterious hole called Devil's Kettle.
3: There's another one about the Money Pit. I forget which episode it is. Riff while I find it. Huh. <sighs> Oh, God. Um, plugging holes. Don't <laughs> have any jokes. Do
1: not know what to even say. Why? As a I biologist, see. is there any evidence that holes are living creatures?
3: That holes are living creatures. Depends how you treat them.
2: <laughs> 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 Episode 48. There we no, go. No, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. wrong. sorry. Fuck. Oh. Uh, Oh, we have so many episodes,
3: guys. I'm sorry. Um, Doesn't matter. Who cares? You know what we're talking about, yeah. guys.
0: Thank you so much for coming on and doing thanks. some scientific thank you. Thank research you with for us. us. We loved it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Would you like some new reviews? Yes, I would. Review number one comes from Will L C, and it's entitled "Love These." Started listening to these at work. A lot of my job is pretty monotonous. I take photos of old stuff for a museum and really enjoyed them introduced my boyfriend and now we're both hooked we've been listening to them before bed every night
1: cool what a cool job
0: I know what an amazing it job
1: sound, I mean it might sound it probably is monotonous if you do it all the time but it's quite exciting
0: and our second review comes from It's Randy and it is entitled New Listener New to your podcast and so I'm very behind and catching up I loved the Dear David episode but then the abrupt ending I was taken out of the trance of fear which was good but also left me definitely wanting to know more. Just listened to your insidious review and one million percent agree that they ruin it once you see the demon but the other movies are actually much 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 better and the storyline given through the movies is awesome. Anyway, you guys are amazing, and I will definitely keep listening, even if it's only for the accents. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's Jeez. Randy. And finally, we have Brave Girl 01 entitled Love These Guys. Great banter, good stories, intelligent conversation. I highly recommend the podcast. Thank
1: you. Thanks, guys. We love getting reviews and hearing from you. I like I like both types of reviews. I like the ones that are generally like, this is good, but I also like the ones that go into detail like it's Randy does and, and yeah. references certain parts that we've spoken about in the past.
0: It's good. I love it. So thank you so much again to Super Duper Stitious for coming on and joining us in this week's episode. We took up an inordinate amount of their time in order to record this. So we massively appreciate them. Yes, we do. We will leave the name and link to their podcast in the description of this episode. I highly recommend that you go and check them out. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, you can find us on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at real life ghost stories. Dan is on Instagram at
1: 50p movie club.
0: You can find us on Twitter
1: at real ghost pod.
0: You can find us on Facebook real life ghost stories. Give our page a like and join our super group or LGS super group where the password is
1: Emma and Dan.
0: You can send us your stories to real life ghost gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon for either $5 or $2 a month and you get, I mean, tons of extra episodes. Tons and tons and tons. And if you sign up, you get the complete back catalogue of all the episodes that we've done on Patreon and you can cancel any time that you wish. Join our YouTube channel, buy our merch, all that other good stuff.
1: Hit that bell. I don't know if that's applicable (laughs) to this bit now, but do it anyway.
0: (laughs) And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye.